0: You're listening to Disrupting Balance, the podcast, where we are busting myths and breaking balance. Hear stories from women who are pushing boundaries to navigate the decisions and changes that come with work, womanhood, and winning. I'm your host, Hanifa Barnes, speaker, decision strategist, and master imbalancepreneur. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hope you enjoy... So hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disrupting Balance podcast. It is the end of the year check-in. That's what season four is all about. So for those of you who are watching on YouTube, yes, something new, and listening on the podcast platform, I really appreciate it. Glad you can join me, and you'd be happy to know that season four is highlighting our top guests for the year. And in the chair today, we have none other then Asia Nelson, who is back to check in with us. How are you doing?
1: I am here. And like you say, it's the end of 2020. That's such a mix. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy that the episode we did together did so well. And I'm really, really happy to check in with you again because I've been following your growth and progress online as well and just watching you just soar.
0: Oh, thank you so much, so much. And speaking of soaring, I noticed you are doing the same as well. I know when we talked, you were in episode 13, and can you believe that was July of this year? It seems so, so, so long ago. Mm -hmm. But when you talked, the first thing I thought of when I listened to the episode again was the impact of COVID on the business. Because you are all about yoga, the teaching of yoga, and being a teacher of yoga. And I know you mentioned how hard COVID hit your business. So let's talk about where you are with the business with COVID now. What things have changed? What's gotten better? What are some things you still need to work on?
1: Yeah. Well, so for the last five years, I've, I was amidst my 10 year overnight success that they talk about with entrepreneurship. And I was just starting to like hockey stick, which I think might now that I'm saying it be a Canadian reference. I don't know if (laughs) anybody, but like, you know, like it's kind of going along and then all of a sudden it started working. Uh And 2020 was actually set to be the year that I was actually going to hit these sort of long-term goals that I'd set up for myself. Uh And obviously that, didn't happen that changed drastically so um you know i spent a couple of weeks like everybody else being kind of like well this will be Two weeks of lockdown and mm-hmm. then being like, what is this thing? And then being like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Mm-hmm. And then like being on the phone with my parents, like I don't have to you know, <laughs> okay. and kind of waking up at three in the morning, being like, what is this gonna be like? But eventually just kind of finding my bearings and and truthfully, you know, really sitting down with myself and being like, Asia, you teach yoga. <laughs> like this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And these things work. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting back to simple things like a gratitude practice mm-hmm. made a huge difference for me. And just sort of becoming a little bit more objective to my state, you know, like it feels like the world is ending when it's happening to us, but to be able to kind of step back and then get back into a little bit more karma. Like for me, it's always so helpful for me when I say, how can I help others? So mm-hmm. I got into my group. So so like you say, I, I'm, I'm in the yoga world. I'm in the movement and yoga community. And for the last 10 years, I've run a yoga teacher training. I've certified all of these amazing people who are now out in the market mm-hmm. teaching yoga as well. And I thought, I've got to figure out how to serve them because all the stuff that's happening to these industries through COVID, like these service-based industries like movement, yoga, fitness, mm-hmm. um, it's happening to them. And mm-hmm. I got to be there for them, right? I'm, I, that's what being a leader is about. Mm. So I kind of pulled myself up out of my own space with those key practices, just getting back Mm. to meditation, getting back to gratitude, getting back to how can I help um, and connecting to my community that way. Mm. That combined with just a little bit of experience, you know, like it's not my first rodeo, so... I thought, okay, I can get through this. I have to focus on what I can do. I have to put to the side things I can't control Mm. and just kind of trusted my gut. Honestly, Hanifa, like I, I knew I could have put my training online. I actually had my whole training filmed and edited and ready to go because i'd done that in 2016. oh wow back when like very few people were doing online trainings but i had for a few years been like i should put this course online i should put this course online and then i finally made myself record it and put it together um but as you probably know too like putting a course online five or six years ago yeah. was just a hodgepodge of trying to hack things together and things that you can get a subscription for 100 bucks a month now would be ten thousand dollars to build yeah. you know so i had kind of done as much as i could do and then sort of couched it mm. so i thought i could put my course online um but long story short all the signals that i was getting it was just telling me in my gut you know what i want to run this thing live i think more importantly this year than ever because something about being with people is just mm-hmm. going to be important, especially for a course that focuses on personal transformation as much as this. Not that you can't do that online, but just my gut was like, just hold on to it, Asia, and see if you can do it. So we did. So I. I so ca- these are live classes. Yeah. So I postponed it. We were supposed to start in April Uh and I was in touch with everybody. And um, I think I mentioned in the original podcast, I handed back over $50,000 in Mm. refunds for people who are losing their jobs and not sure what was going on, you know? Um, And that was just part of my ethics. Like I wasn't going to be able to offer what they signed up for. Right. And I had to just Mm. kind of trust that I could do it. So we, it whittled down, like my, my, target that yeah. I was eight, that I was heading towards was about 40 people in this training yeah. and I got down to 5 at one point, and it was oh like, What am I doing? Like, just quit and go get a job at yeah, Shopify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It was just headquartered like two blocks from where I live. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, but I just every time I went to press the button, I literally recorded the video saying, Sorry, folks, wrote the emails. And every time I went to press the send button, just something in me was like, No, 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 hold on. Yeah. So I held on and we changed the dates, and I was just in constant contact with this group shifted my mindset. And I was like, you know what? These five, these six, these seven that I kept through this whole shift until we got started, I'm going to make them the best teachers ever. Yeah, They're sticking with me and I don't know everything. I don't know if there's a reason behind this. I don't know why, but my gut's just like, Asia, do this. And I just focused on refining the content and we put the mornings online and the afternoons in person. So it would be, you know, a little bit less exposure through the day. Yeah. And then in the last 10 days before we started, when we could finally start in July, I had 10 more people sign eight, eight more people sign ups, right? Wow. Yeah. So, so, okay.
0: So let's take it back a little bit because, you know, you talked about kind of going through this process where you had to kind of recenter yourself, meditate, and really think about the state, right? But I would imagine, right? because when I talked to my therapist, she talked about this theory of resistance. And when you're going through resistance, you know, there's one part of you that's comfortable and it's like, okay, I like what is, and there's another part of you that wants to be uncomfortable and the two are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So in my head, when you're talking about what you were going through with coming back to yourself, I'm just envisioning the two ages, like going after each other. There's a lot what? of ages in there community're <laughs> busy. What was the physical manifestation of that process? and I ask that because you've talked about the body and the importance of the body in yoga and and dealing with pain in the episode that we talked. what was the physical manifestation of that you know tug of war?
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, I've never struggled with weight. I'm 44 years old, and I've always just kind of never struggled with weight. Mm-hmm. I put on almost 20 pounds wow. over the last year and a half. That, like, that combination of kind of moving towards my growth to begin with, being 44, so I think maybe a little premenopausal, <laughs> but also the stress. Like yeah. they, when I would wake up some, somewhere between three and 4:30 a.m., you know, I'd wake up with just surges of adrenaline rushing through i could feel it just yeah. coming out of my gut and, and moving through my belly and my hips which is where i put all my weight on and um yeah i i felt like i just aged like <laughs> it's yeah. just oh, yeah. my gut got really bad like I, yeah. my gut was really upset and um and it was within a few months of just kind of having that moment like this is the benefit of these kind of practices mindfulness and Mm -hmm. things that yoga yoga is not exclusive to this but it's one of these practices that gives us these tools is like when you're sitting on your meditation mat or however you meditate That whole sort of first noble failure, the Buddhists call it, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm going to meditate. And then you just Mm -hmm. become vastly aware of how bad you are at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. And then that ability to not only notice it, but then say, oops, I wandered off. I got to come back. You got to do that thousands and thousands of times, right? You got to put in the reps to get better at it. And you start to notice it sooner. And then it takes you less time to be able to come back. And then you can stay in this place a little bit longer. That's what you're practicing. So then if that comes off your mat, the way it's supposed to or off your meditation cushion, the way it's supposed to, then it should happen in real life. And that's really what it was, was like, I was seeing my health was Deteriorating, my mental state wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Like I was becoming hyper vigilant. I was checking the news every day, refreshing the Johns Hopkins thing. You know, yeah. just being like yes, Whoa. I did that too. Totally, I did that too. I mean, it was a really cool thing for yes, David, it was you know? pretty cool. Though. Yeah, <laughs> and like all of these behaviors that I, I, I sort of tumbled into them, and then. Stopped and went. Oh wait! Just like in meditation, right? Like, oh, I- I'm over here. Hang on. Yeah. I need to. I need to come back. Yeah. And thankfully, I had that in my body, so I was able to just kind of just redirect, you know. And and I actually had one episode that um, I got a little little case of vertigo, which I've never had mm-hmm. in my life. One morning, I woke up and I was on. Doing this, and I started feeling dizzy. And it, long story short, it ended up being this thing where one of the crystals comes loose in your ears. Oh. It's a very specific thing. It has an acronym, I forget, but it, basically, we have these little crystals that help us stay balanced. And if they shake loose and get caught in our ear canal, they can make us feel really dizzy. They send weird messages to our brain. Wow. It turns out that you just use a movement to fix that, by the way, which I thought was the perfect disease to be the one that knocks me in the head and gets yeah. me back. You just have to like lay your lay down and move your head in certain ways to kind of like get that crystal to go back in. But in the meantime, I was debilitated. Like I couldn't even move my head from here to here without it just, my eyes would start going and, and I just had to, had to stop. And that was this checkpoint where I had to surrender. I was like, I can't do anything. Yes. I can't, this is a microcosm of my macrocosm right now. Yes. I, I'm yes. spinning, yes. I can't do anything. Yes. And I'm like, you know what, Asia? You're okay. You're yeah. alive, you have people who love you, yeah. you love them, you'll figure it out. Just surrender mm-hmm. and rest. Mm-hmm. And and once that thing went away, like once we found this answer to it, we did it, it took about half a day. I came back and I was like, all right, life. <laughs> I see you, yes. I see what you did there. And it was kind of like night and day. And then I just started focusing on what I could do and, yeah. and turn that ship around. And it wasn't like all of a sudden everything got easy. Right, it was just right, like, right. I just oriented.
0: Was there more clarity? Because you talked about, you know, just waiting before hitting the launch button. What did you have a moment of clarity that then opened the gates to, okay, I'm going to hit launch. This is what it's going to look like. Like what, what was that process
1: like? I think it was a moment of decision Mm. and deciding got me clear. Wow! It was like, i i sort of knew like the better that you are that people are we are at discerning mm-hmm. you know this is a thing in yoga viveka like this ability to say oh well that's jealousy but that's useful you know like mm-hmm. to be able to discern i i'm pretty good if i can just get quiet enough mm-hmm. with saying no that's my gut saying that and and then when i go with that even if it doesn't go perfectly I'm okay because I'm glad I went with my gut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So once I just decided, I was like, I'm just gonna run this course. I'm not gonna torture myself with like, oh, I was supposed to be here and I was gonna mm-hmm, do this. And, mm-hmm. You know, I'm running out of runway. That's the big thing when you're an independent business person who has to like pull on all your resources just to survive all of a sudden. It's like, how much runway do I have? What if mm-hmm. I have to give it? What else will I do? You know, it was like Asia, get a job at shopify if it fails like why are you (laughs) you know like i haven't done a resume in 14 years but i'm sure i'll figure it out but that's like what my friend marion refers to as borrowing worries like Mm. worry about that when you get there right now run the best version of this course that you can serve the people who've shown up and Mm. just like commit so once i just made that decision then yeah it got real clear i knew exactly what i had to do to focus on how i could be helpful
0: well what i love about what you're saying is the consistency of who you are um because we we tapped into that a little bit in um, the episode prior and in that episode you mentioned the power of this internal force where of quiet quieting yourself Mm -hmm. like there's power when the need to be quieted is coming from an internal place versus an external place And in hearing you talk, that is there, you're mentioning this exactly, you know, so how then, like you talk about having these dynamic five instructors, right? How do you get them to get to that place as well? Because I'm sure having a team, they're concerned too. How do you impart that, especially when you're working through quieting yourself?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. And I think that's one of the things that, makes leadership look so scary is that the truth is you don't know if what you're going to do is going to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: I I sort of decided, you know, like I these are the best tools I know. These are the tools I use. The best thing I can do is create. This is what I teach them to. You're going to create this. You're going to hold the space and create the opportunity and give people the resources and then they pick it up or they don't. Mm-hmm. Your work is to create the space, create the opportunity, give them the resources, and then they need to pick it up or not. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I'm sure there's some brilliant, wise, eloquent explanation for this, but the people who showed up, they were also looking for that live space right Mm -hmm. they were people who really wanted to have that live connection and so they were very grateful Mm -hmm. that this course worked and I and they were very understanding obviously that a lot of things had had to change this year and that this was a very difficult year and and I I do my best to balance being real with them because I am teaching them how to do what I do so Mm -hmm. I give them insight into how I'm doing what I do and some of that was to say, you know, yeah, like I had this many people, I had to give this many refunds, and here's how I how I navigated through all of that. So they were aware that you know mm-hmm. that I had consciously said, I'm here to support you, not because I'm making a bunch of money from this, mm-hmm. but because mm-hmm. this is what I do, and this is this is what I, this is what I wanted to create for you. So there was like good reciprocity there. Yeah, if that makes sense.
0: that's that's awesome. So. Now, live yoga sessions. Now, I get it, like, because I would be viewing and going through the instruction. But for you, the instructor, there has to be serious intensity. Because I'm just thinking about just setup in general for a shooting. And then you're probably talking and going through movements and thinking about, okay, not only teaching, but okay, you're shooting. So you want it to look a certain way like you don't want to totally fall on your face in the middle of the instruction. What is the intensity like? What's the mind doing when you're going through all this? Because you're thinking about the practical piece and then the other pieces of this. How is that working for you all at once?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think experience matters a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not everything and you have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's not uh, the be all and end all, but Having being able to sit back, you know, I, I usually compare it to when I took piano Royal Conservatory because always when I, I would practice these same five damn songs
0: <laughs> yeah. all year,
1: you know, to the point where my family was like, why did we you teach our children? <laughs> and then you have to go to the exam and I would show up and I'd sit down at that piano and they'd say, play your B piece or whatever. And I put my fingers on those keys and everything would drop out of my head. And I remember just looking at my hands going, it's up to you (laughs) because I don't remember and my hands would just start moving. And I try not to look, but I'd also be sort of fascinated with how that's happening when I know my brain is like left, just bailed on me. So I think having it in your body, having putting in those reps of whatever it is you wanna be good at helps a lot to be able to change it a little bit. That being said, because I've been used to doing it a certain way, that can also be the worst kind of barrier, right? Because mm. I'm, I, I know how to do it a certain way and now I kind of have to do it a different way than I've yes. taught myself to do. Yes. Whereas people who are just like, well, I'll just start online, they haven't done anything else, right? So there's advantages to both. But um, I like live interaction and i've really never been somebody who's very intimidated by you know this this equipment i'm always trying to focus on the people on the other side of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think the hardest thing for anybody who had to move their stuff online in general is if there isn't any sense of who's on the other side And this is another reason why I like live versus just like creating online content and putting it up. Because if I can see the other people and I can ask them questions and they can talk back to me, then very quickly I kind of forget that there's any equipment between us. And it's just people we're working on. I also, um, I'm a pretty good improver. So when stuff goes wrong, I don't get caught up in it. I just send it to my navel as they say right send it to your navel like don't react (laughs) (laughs) just kind of like whoops and only very rarely i've kind of spiraled out and had to be like "Eh, hang on a second guys i gotta get back to what i'm doing i just kind of like let it go like i would in real life yeah it's not you have a
0: do you have a team i mean like how is this working and do i mean what kind of equipment do you use how does how how does this work
1: uh, this is one of my. You've you've really hit on one of my Achilles' heels mm. of my business. Um, I have always been poor, <laughs> so I've <laughs> always bootstrapped everything I've built. Wow! So when people come and say, "Oh, well, just buy all of this and then hire these people," I'm always like, "With what money? Like who yeah. am I?" To do this so i always have and i think it's made me a really good entrepreneur too like it it, again everything has pros and cons but um i always have to have something that funds the next thing that funds the next thing which is why 2020 was going to be so exciting for me because i had finally built the resources to be able to use 2020 to invest in these things and make all this stuff happen. And then I had to kind of go back to ground zero. So how did I do it uh, with what I had <laughs> to wow. start with? So I had my computer and my little computer camera, which is crap. If you have Macs, they're terrible I don't know why they make yeah. the cameras on Mac so bad. Yeah. And just the audio that was coming through there. I had a phone. Fortunately, I gotten like a reasonably new phone. So yeah. that shot a little higher quality stuff. I was editing with iMovie on my phone, just sitting there, you know, whatever I had to get started and then I would just pay attention to like what's the biggest distraction to people being able to get what they need from it so the first sort of thing I bought was a can't a better camera I have like uh-huh. a, a web camera now and a couple of pieces of lighting um, but I really I keep it really simple and that's not like advice that's admitting <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to create these beautiful I see people and what they're creating online I just like oh man it's so beautiful yeah But it just always means I have to be more patient and I have to, I have to sell it first. Usually I have to have a good vision and be able to say to people, this is where I'm going. So I get them to invest in it. So then I can use that to create the thing I do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was just, I I think I had a post or something or blog about this is, you know, it's that idea of killing ourselves with comparison, Mm -hmm. especially for those of us who are bootstrapping and doing our best to kind of just push out based on purpose on our purpose. And, um, it's easy to see all these other folks doing things and it's glamorous and you're like, Oh wow. But it's like, no, just do your thing and just keep doing it. Because like you said, you only had a few signups and then before you knew it, you had more signups. So somebody wants what you have to share and give. Yeah. That's a
1: great point too, is I think when you there are, there are large, large forces that play out there that have enough money to make themselves seem popular and important always. So you just can't pay attention to those. Like, it isn't that people didn't want what I was offering. I mean, based on what people got out of the training this year and the feedback that I got and how drawn to tears people were with how grateful mm-hmm. they were to have had this, especially this year when they were cut off from so many other things in their life. I know that what I do is valuable. I know that it changes people's lives. And I know that just, I, I just take longer. It, it takes more patience for me yes. to be able to get it out to as many people as, as I would want to get it to, yes. you know? yes,
0: yes. Uh, that's awesome. So this has been great. So what we're gonna do is go into our quick rapid fire, not really rapid fire questions. <laughs> it has, it's, it's how I like to call it because you know they're not any whammies. It's just quick questions. <laughs> All right, I'm in. So, what is um, your guilty pleasure?
1: Um, really terrible B movie level television. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- like, oh my I gosh, love like I do. Oh god, I love anything that just most people cringe at. I'm just like with the popcorn. Like right now I'm completely binging on Buffy the Vampire Vampire Slayer again cuz it's back up and watching all of her hair changes and the makeup and I love like martial arts movies because they're yes. exceptionally terrible. Yes. But you have like, you can tell that those people are just geeking out on their craft yes. and they're kind of like plastering some kind of story around it. Cause what they really want to do is just fight. So yeah, <laughs> I love terrible, just terrible, but like good, terrible, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like geeky nerdy, terrible. Yeah. That's the awesome. <laughs> All right. So what was your favorite show growing up? Oh gosh. Um, we, we were a pretty TV heavy family, mm-hmm. not because we didn't have family time, but, um, we just all kind of like TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, 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 so remember loving WKRP in Cincinnati. It's going to age me for sure. Yes, I yeah. So but, like it too. Oh God. Yeah. WKRP is one of my faves. I still, I still go back to it. I'm st- I'm one of those people that hounds the people that you can buy these things from yes, you know, like, checking <laughs> yes. In, like can we buy WKRP now how yes. about now who was yeah, the that. star in that I forget was it Lonnie Anderson Lonnie Anderson was was the secretary the, secretary. Um, the star was supposed to be the Andy Travis character right it was like yeah, this guy that showed just, up with this yeah uh, he was so overshadowed by these quirky characters that they created yes. in the past but mm-hmm. and Tim Reed was in that too right is that Tim Reed yes that guy? I that's Tim Reed, right?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Venus Flytrap. Yes. Yes. Yep. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. You just told I Now I got to find it because I need to watch. I used to love I still kind of remember the jingle as well. Oh, <laughs> my not God. I'm going to attempt it. I
1: took singing <laughs> lessons once in Toronto as part of my tr- my teaching. Like, I thought, oh, it would be very valuable for me to train yeah. my voice, right? Yeah. And we had to stand up and sing. And I t- picked that theme song <laughs> did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a like, total nerd, total nerd
0: about it. I love it, I love it. Okay, so you probably already mentioned this a little, but maybe you have an, a different answer. What's one thing about this year that you would change if you could?
1: That I would change, I mean, oh man, that can be a dark hole, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like COVID not happening. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know what Anytime that i reflect back and think what would i have done differently it's honestly it honestly comes back to these principles of like do the thing and let it go do the thing and let it go mm-hmm. and these are the pillars of yoga amaya do the thing let it go when i look back i think i should have just done that or mm-hmm. god i hung on to that too long mm-hmm. um and I think I did pretty well this year, given the immensity of the shift that we were yeah. thrown into. But the only thing I really look back on is the I spent, I, even, you know what? There was something that bled into this year that had come from last year, mm-hmm. which was a friendship that had deteriorated, that I just didn't know how to repair well. Yeah. I spent too much time on that. And that trickled into this year as well, so still kind of whittled at me, obviously became overshadowed by all of this stuff. but. Yeah. It's almost always just like, when it's time to let shit go, let it go. Let it go. And when it's time to do, just get up and do yeah. and just stop wasting time in all of this, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your disrupting balance statement was, I am disrupting balance by turbo, turbo charging people's brave life leaps. Does that still stand today?
1: More than ever, right? Like how brave- let's just stick with the word brave yeah it wasn't for these people to be like i think i'm going to become a yoga teacher this year yeah
0: (laughs) right exactly
1: you think like that was part of my my stress was like is this even ethical Mm -hmm. if this if this industry is spiraling into nothing am i just like money grabbing and making a run for it yeah i thought oh gosh i don't know but the truth was, it was like, it's not up to me. They have said to me they want to do this training, and I've said to them, I can do it, and the rest I have to be present for. And it turns out, you know, the jury's still out, but this might be one of the most interesting times ever mm. to be getting into health and fitness, especially a kind of mindful health like yoga, yes. because I think everyone became aware in a totally new way of how important it is to keep moving. Yeah and maybe have some sort of meditation practice, but really like even just movement itself and how fundamental it is to our health, mm. mental and physical. And people, a lot of people kept working, but then couldn't spend their money yeah. for months on months. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as we were able to kind of connect again, I was getting messages from people who wanted to buy like a year's worth of private sessions, you know, and like different, right? It wasn't like everyone wanted to be in a big packed class, but all of a sudden I was, I resisted doing zoom classes forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And then in the fall, I had so many people who were like, we're just worried about coming back. So I said, fine. I threw it in and like 30 people signed up in two days. So I thought, oh, now that's something that probably wouldn't have happened a year ago before people had to do zoom. Right? Yeah, that yeah. opens up all kinds of new opportunities. So, yeah, I think um, I'm so. Oh, great. I'm trying so hard not to swear on your podcast right now. I'm so <laughs> grateful for these people who yeah. very much turbocharged this year. Not only because an eight month course we had to finish in four months, but because they're jumping right into the deep end of whatever this is going to become in this yeah. industry. And I think it could become something pretty cool. So yeah, yeah I still think I would that. agree. that's part of why my gut was like, no, 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 no.
0: Mm-hmm. Stay with hmm. Well, good for you, Asia. I'm so glad you were able to join me, especially on short notice. Glad to hear that you're thriving. Things are going well. I mean, I'm not surprised. I knew you would barrel through anyway and make it happen. But grateful for you and your voice on this podcast and what you have meant for me and in, in this process. So thank you so much. And for those of you listening and watching, thank you again for joining us. I'll have more details on how to connect with Asia and learn more about Prana Life Yoga in the notes. Thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Disrupting Balance. To learn more about how I'm in Disrupting Balance, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Disrupting Balance. You can also check out my website at www.disruptingbalance.com to get podcast updates and news from the Balance Disruptor community about how you can become your very own master and balancepreneur. Talk soon.